Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in Season 3, Episode 1 of the Portland Winterhawks Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Der Johnson. I cannot believe that hockey season is upon us. It, I don't know what it is. Every single year it has a way of sneaking up on me. I follow the Neely Cup. I know the guys are in town and preseason has been going on, but there's just something about seeing that first regular season game and knowing that it is this week. It's all beginning. It just It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Hockey season is officially here. The Winterhawks are playing a game that counts in the standings. On Friday, and so I had to head over to the VMC uh, and and get this first episode out. We'll get to the contents of that, what the plans are for this season, all of that uh, to come. You're not going to hear Nick Merrick on the episode today. For those of you who follow him on social media, you know that uh, him and his wife welcomed a baby boy to the world, and uh, everybody's doing great. He's getting some much-needed time off uh, to spend with the family and his new baby, and so we are thrilled for the Merricks, and congratulations to Nick and his wife. Uh, Very exciting news, and I think he's planning on being back around the time of the home opener, but uh, he will obviously be a big part of the podcast as he is every single season, Uh, just not going to be here on this first episode. Um, As I mentioned, we got some fun plans for you for this season. I'll let you kind of know what that is here uh, coming up at the end of the episode, but what a season this is going to be for Portland. Uh, The expectations, not only, you know, outside the building, but inside the building, uh, this is a a very good roster and a team that has a lot of potential for the 23-24 season. They kind of feel like they've been building to this point. You know, I, we talked with Mike Johnston uh, last season, not only at the start of the year, but then around the trade deadline and at the end of the season, and they decided to kind of hold pat with their roster and where they were at. And a lot of that was they they felt like they were building for this season. Uh, we saw them make a, a couple of trades here in the offseason, so we'll go over all of that. But it's just going to be a really exciting journey to see how far this team can go, how talented they can be. There's a ton of talent returning from last year, including some NHL draft picks, a couple of their own guys. They got selected in Carter Southern and Luca Cagnoni at this summer's NHL draft, and then you added one via trade. So uh, th- this is a loaded roster. They're really confident on what they can accomplish, and uh, I can't wait to see how they look here starting on Friday. And and so I, you know, hey, hockey's here. We got to get an episode out. So I headed over to the VMC uh, this afternoon to sit down with the head coach and general manager of the team, Mike Johnston. And I always enjoy those chats early in the year because he's not quite in full season mode yet. You know, when you talk to him in the middle of the year, he's got a thousand things going on every day, and his head's you know thinking about the next opponent and the last game. And so uh, 
uh, it's really fun to kind of get a chance to sit down with him in person and and chat about the off season and you know everything that that's going on. There, there's so many storylines. I mean, I mentioned the trade Ryan McCleary, who was one of those 20 year olds that they had to make the decision on. They make that move. They bring in an NHL drafted forward, who I know Mike is super high on. So we'll talk with Mike about that. The goaltending situation. You know, there's a lot of guys that are still away at NHL training camps. One of them being Jan Spoonar, their their presumed top goaltender this year. And so what's that going to look like early on in the season? We're all imagining that Spoonar will be back at some point. Uh, but early on in the year, you're going to have to figure that out. So uh, what's the goaltending situation going to look like? Heck, there's a new organization in the U.S. division. And Portland's going to be up there on Friday playing their very first game. So I'm sure the crowd's going to be incredible. But how do you go about game plan? that and the difference in scheduling the U.S. division should be loaded uh, again and so there are so many storylines so many things to get to uh, including one of the things that I wanted to get to with Mike is you know we saw Seattle be so aggressive last year and it paid off for them uh, and they had an incredible run winning the WHL and going to the Memorial Cup and so I've always wondered, you know, watching a team do that, does that change your philosophy? You know, Portland's been really proud of the fact of, of the, their roster basically being completely homegrown and drafting and developing these guys. And then you see a team like Seattle that just says, screw it, let's go all in. Now, eventually you got to pay the piper and, th- you know, you're going to have some down years, I would assume. Uh, but does seeing a team be so aggressive and having that level of success, does that change his philosophy on what they're going to do here coming up throughout, not only throughout the season, but especially at the trade deadline. So there's a ton of things to get to with Mike Johnston. I headed over to the VMC today to sit down and chat with him, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, the head coach and the general manager of the Portland Winterhawks, Mike Johnston. And Mike, thanks as always for hopping on. Let's start. How, how was the offseason? Did you do anything fun this offseason? I always enjoy the offseason, although it never seems like it, it goes smooth because there's always wrinkles yeah. with different things that come up, uh, certainly here at the office or with the team, and you're always trying to stay on top of that. But it was great. The draft was in Nashville this year. Uh, we always go to the draft as a coaching staff, and now our ownership group goes as well. And and I really enjoyed it. Nashville's a great city, and uh-huh. it was uh, everything was close downtown. Uh, Luca and Carter were selected, uh, really exciting for them. And Luca was down there uh, with his family. So we always enjoy being around the players when they get to be drafted and their, their parents are there, family members. It's, it's a real special time. And then my wife and I had a chance to go to New York City prior to that and uh, with our son and his girlfriend, and they got engaged in New York. Look so at that. That was kind of exciting for us. That's a nice little trip right there. So it you was. get that, and it leads right into the draft. I mean, it, it kind of leads into this time of year for you because I got to imagine, I, mean, I know we've talked about this in years past, but it's got to be really tough putting the roster together and figuring out how many guys are at NHL camps, how long they're going to be at NHL camps, the season's beginning, you're carrying more guys, and then you know you're going to have to make roster moves. Just how do you go about this time of year, putting that puzzle together with the season beginning here in a couple of days? I think just stepping back, uh, the training camp for me is always one of the most exciting times of the year. Um, you, I just find every mid-August, you, your adrenaline starts to flow and you get excited about camp. It's a chance for us to have our scouts in here uh, take a look at some of the invites that our scouts have identified, the players that haven't been drafted. And so we listed three players out of that training camp. And then taking a look at players that we've had in our system, how have they changed over the summer? How have they developed physically? How's their game changed? And then our veterans coming back, it's always nice to reconnect with them. So I enjoy training camp. And then with the players going away, I've always found it's a benefit for us because 
one, they go away and get a great experience at, at NHL camp. So that's great for those guys. They come back with some really good, a really good experience, but also they've learned from NHL players what to do if you want to get to that level. It's great for them, and it's great for them to bring back information to our group. And then second is we're playing exhibition games, so we get a chance to see young guys in exhibition games, play them a lot, and really get to evaluate them, but also get them introduced to the league by playing some of these games against right. really good teams. We never use our, our our guys that are going away in those games. We've made that decision years ago. I really don't want anybody to get injured, so they don't play the game, so all the young kids play. It's yeah. it's it's great. And now if guys are going to be away for opening weekend, which it looks like we'll be missing several, I'm fine with that because I think the experience of pro hockey, a pro training camps, as many exhibition games or rookie tournament games they can play in will really help them. So what is the, what's the head count right now? How many guys are we looking at that are going to be out for, for at least the start of the year? Yeah, so it's really interesting this year because we had nine players away. So uh, returning yesterday were O'Brien, Stefan, and Claussen. So we have our three 20-year-olds back which is really nice, and a veteran group, and they've been with us for a long time. Uh, but still away in Florida, we have Alsher and we have Josh Davies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to stay, and they're going to continue into main camp. Uh, Luca in San Jose, um, um, Carter Southern in Philly, and then on tryouts, Jan Spooner and Ryder Thompson, uh, st- still with Spooner with Montreal, Ryder Thompson still with Phoenix. So it looks like this weekend we'll be missing four of our defense and our goaltender. But again, it's um, it's just a great opportunity for them to stay as, much, as long as they can. Yeah, balance of them getting that experience at the higher level and getting the younger guys the playing time that you want in, in games that count. Let, let's get to the, the Davies trade. So that was kind of one of the big headlines of the offseason. We knew that the 20-year-old question was going to be a tough one to figure out this year. And how much of that is when you traded McCleary of getting him back to a hometown like how much are you trying to put him in a good position when you make that move and then what does bringing in another forward a guy who's a 20 goal scorer what does that bring to the offense if he is to return to your roster yeah when we looked at our team last christmas on the trade deadline as you know we decided not to make any changes because we had a very good team moving forward but we also looked at it we could have the potential of five 20 year olds available to us so we decided to move uh, dawson pasternak at that time Aiden Litke in the at the draft time, and then Ryan McCleary in the summer. So I guess we had six. Ryan McCleary in the summer because we had to make a decision between the four guys who were big impact players, Stefan Clausen, O'Brien, and Ryan McCleary, all played big roles last year. Those are hard decisions to make, especially if the players have been with you since day one, which all of those guys have. Um, Ryan McCleary attracted some interest, especially from Swift Current who felt that he would be a key addition to their team. Uh, they were willing to make a hockey trade. Uh, and I always view a hockey trade as one where you take a really good player on one team and trade him for a really good player on another team, and it helps both teams out. So we acquired Josh Davies, who was a player who plays a, a speed game, a hard-nosed game, a playoff-style format, a Florida draft pick, and... You know, I think for him, he's the piece that we really needed in our forward group. I like our group, but that type of piece is something we could have used last year in the playoffs. Uh, We're going to miss Ryan because he played a primary role, was a great guy for our team, uh, was really maturing. I think he's got a bright future still ahead of him. Uh, But in acquiring Josh, who I think is very driven, 
to be in the playoffs. He hasn't been in the playoffs in his Western Hockey League uh, career so far. So to be in the playoffs with us, he's going to be excited. You get a hungry guy who's looking for that opportunity for the first time. You mentioned Spoonar being gone at an NHL uh, you know, tryout camp, and you're trying to figure out goaltending where Brunin comes in. You make a trade this offseason for another goaltender. It's almost like we. there's a football saying where it's, it's almost a problem to have too many quarterbacks. It's having two quarterbacks. Would you rather have one? You, you, it seems like you got three goaltenders that you can go with at the start of the year, and obviously two guys will get the majority of the starts. Are you looking at a rotation until Spooner comes back? How do, you, how do you envision that position playing out? We'll make the decision when Spooner comes back to keep two, and then the, the third goaltender will go and play some games okay. um, and with another team. So we feel it's you, keeping three around just doesn't work. Uh, Practice-wise, game-wise, it's hard to fit them in. Having somebody on a call-up is really important for a team. You need depth at every position. We didn't feel we had goaltending depth, so we traded for Justin Merrick in the offseason. He's been great. Uh, I think he's done a fabulous job at camp. He's looked good in exhibition games. Uh, He's a quality guy, and I I think it was something that we needed for our group to make sure that we were covered off. As we are with forwards and Ds, we have some depth. That gives us depth at the goaltending position. You mentioned the the preseason and, and wanting to get guys reps, and your team played incredibly well in the preseason. Is it, as a coach, is there a lot that you can take out of that outside of just getting guys minutes? Are there specific things that you can look for? How much do you, how much stock, I guess, do you put in playing well and having success in a preseason to translate to the regular season? I don't know if it always translates, but I think we're all competitive, and I've always felt the exhibition games that. Uh, Ideally, you'd love to play everybody and get everybody as much experience as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you go 500, perfect. Right, right. Um, you know, we were fortunate. We went 4-1. and one. We had some close games. Uh, and that's great. I, I think if you go through preseason and you don't have any success, you can stumble in the regular season. Okay. But I don't put a lot of credibility in a, a team's preseason record because there are so many variables with teams with – uh, guys away and then teams with not many players away and almost playing their full lineup so it, it can be deceiving but for me if every preseason you come out with a 500 record and you get to play young kids a lot uh, that's ideal that's a that's a win-win you mentioned the 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 aspect of all the 20 year olds and how that was going to figure itself out and I know something you guys pride yourself on is having homegrown talent and guys that you draft you develop and you watch them grow I'm curious, in other sports, sometimes you can get the copycat mentality. It worked for one team. Maybe we should try a different philosophy. And you guys stood pat last year at the trade deadline. Did watching what Seattle did, and you you would know this better than I, I can't ever remember a team trading that many assets and going all into that level. Does that that change the philosophy at all? Does it make you wonder, is is that path something we should consider? Or are you, you steadfast in your belief and your approach and the way you're doing things? Uh, it always comes into the conversation, certainly with our coaching staff and with our ownership group, just discussing what we think is right for our organization and what's right for the city of Portland. Um, do we want to, a good example is Swift Current. They haven't made the playoffs in five years, but they loaded up and they had a great run and they went to the Memorial Cup. Um, it was really good for the organization at the time. But I think if if they look back and said, would we take five years of not making the playoffs for that? Right. I'm not sure if they would. Uh, Seattle was in a different position, I think, last year where they had made some really good choices uh, in drafting. Mm-hmm. They had acquired a lot of picks leading into COVID, 
which they took advantage of. So they had made some decisions in COVID to sell, which nobody knew COVID was going to happen and the playoffs would be canceled. But it worked out really good for Seattle. They acquired the assets. They made good use of them. So they had some pieces to move and load up. And they just felt, if we're going to go all in, we're going to go all in. And they went all in. But they still have a decent team this year. I think they're going to be really competitive. They have some star players. They're still going to be fine. So it's not necessarily where they loaded up and they're going to go to the bottom. But it's tempting to, if you have a good team, to, we've always felt, add that one piece. You know, you had a, a Matt Dumba or you had a, a Cunningham or, or one piece to your group to put you up just another notch sure. higher. We felt that that's how Portland should operate in this market with our group. And then every year we're, we're we kind of at the top and we have a chance to bump up rather than we slip way down sure. and we have to have two years where we struggle. But it's sure tempting to, to look at the other model where maybe you trade for two or three pieces, you give up some young guys, but today you, you have a chance at it. Uh, you, there's a lot of long discussions in the coach's room, and, <laughs> and we're very open and honest with our ownership group to, that we like their input, and they're very engaged that way. Uh, they like what we've done and where we've been, um, but every January it's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine, too, because you guys, uh, it, the run of consistency that you've had has been remarkable. And I think that has to be probably the fear of that, of if you have one of those kind of years where maybe it's not immediately the next year, but at some point you got to pay the piper if you're giving up prospects and draft. Pay. Like, at some point it will catch up with you. And you have, I mean, I can't even, what is, how many 41 seasons in a row now, right, of going and playoff appearances. That the consistency is something that I know the fans love that they can count on coming into a year. And this is a year, I mean, speaking of the U.S. division, High expectations for you guys, and the preseason rankings are coming out. When you look across the U.S. division, what do, what do you see? You know, in Everett and what they're retooling. You mentioned Seattle should be good. A new member. Just what do you look at in the U.S. division this year? Yeah, so uh, each season, yeah, every summer, we take a look at all the teams in our conference and where everybody's going to be and and where do we think we will be to start the season. We, we, we rate the players that they have and the potential of returning players. So if I look at the U.S. division, I think, as I said, Seattle's going to be strong because of their top-end talent. I don't think they're going to have the depth. So if, if they're going to rely on depth, that might hurt them a little bit as the season goes along. But they've got some high-end talent who's used to winning. Um, if I look at the other teams, Everett, uh, no matter what pieces are in play, I think Dennis Williams does a good job and the coaching side always has them competitive and I think they'll continue to be competitive. Uh, but they were unloading last year and starting to accumulate some good draft picks. Uh, Spokane, I think Matt Bardsley's done a good job in being patient there, playing the young guys. He knows he's got some really good, as far as what we saw in the preseason, really good 15, 16-year-olds on the horizon. And I think their organization is going to take a big step at some point. It might be in the middle of the year this year. Tri-City had a good year last year. Uh, they're a big, heavy team, plays a hard-nosed style. And I think that if you look at our whole U.S. division, and now you add Wenatchee, so what's Wenatchee going to be like? We saw Winnipeg once last year. Right. Uh, they have four, maybe five elite players. But then they've got a a bunch of guys in behind them that are good, solid players, good, solid workers. So I think they're going to be competitive depending on how long they decide to hang on to their top-end talent. So our U.S. division, every year, 
I always say it, I think it's one of the toughest divisions in the CHL, not just in, in the Western Hockey League, because if you look at the rankings every year, a lot of times there's three teams from the U.S. division in the top 10 in Canada, or the Canadian Hockey League, which is really quite incredible. Yeah, it tells you all you need to know about how challenging it's going to be all year yeah. long. I, I, something I've always been curious to ask you, where you obviously have your core philosophies and tenets on how you run your offense and, and your systems. And this is discussed in other sports from time to time of kind of an 80-20 model where you keep about 80% what do you do and 20% you say, okay, this didn't work. Let's flush some of this stuff out. When you go through an offseason, how much how much do you throw out? How much new do you bring in? How many new wrinkles do you come up with? And is, is that an active process throughout the season? Is it an offseason thing? I've just always been curious about how you go about changing philosophies, if at all, during the offseason going in from year to year. So what we do at the end of the season is uh, we take a couple weeks off and then we regroup. And when we regroup, we bring in everybody that touches the team. And everybody that, whether it's community events, schooling, uh, billeting, hockey, we bring in everybody into a room. And I prep them and ask them, take a look at your area, but also take a look at what other things we do as yeah. an organization? And if you have input, feel free to give it in any area. So we sit in a room, and for two days, we go over every aspect of our organization, mm -hmm. both what we're doing, what we want to carry forward, but more importantly, what can we do better? So how can we notch up our schooling program? How can we improve our billeting? Uh, what about our off-ice training? Are there new, new things we could be doing? Uh, can we monitor our players' rest and, and performance with the heart rates that we take every day? So practice game systems, we look at everything. And, and from there, we have our takeaways, and then we regroup probably in about July and say, okay, what are we going to add? Yeah. Um, how are we going to tweak this? How are we going to improve? I'm always one to push the envelope every year. I believe it's important that all your staff do that as well, that they look at their area and not say, oh, yeah, we had a good year. Yeah, that's great, but what are we going to do different? How are we going to improve? How are we going to be cutting edge? So we don't all of a sudden look back and say, oh, gee, we, we should have done this or we should have done that. I think we're on top of it, and I like the process. I think it's really good for everybody to have input because Clayton Johns is a really observant guy. He's our equipment manager. But he might have things to say about team chemistry, captains, sure. um, how we operate practices. Um, he has great input. He's been around some really good organizations, same as Rich Campbell, uh, Sue Johnson, Terry Smith, the people that touch our program, uh, Greg Sampson, Lisa Hollenbeck. So uh, I think that review process is something that helps us every year you know, take that next step. You always have to evolve. You never yeah, want to be stagnant. Yeah. And I, I, that's so true in sports. I, sorry for the generic question, but I'm just curious of the guys that you got a, a glimpse at for the first time this training camp and preseason, who were some of the young players that have really stood out to you and, and you've kind of made notes of that, uh, that, that really looked impressive? Well, if you look at 16-year-olds, it'll probably stay with us this year. Uh, Kyle McDonough, he got injured in the preseason, probably be out for a couple of weeks here. But uh, we really like Kyle as a player. He played last year a little bit. Uh, the other player that is injured right now because he had shoulder surgery in June is Ryan Miller. And Ryan Miller's a 16-year-old who we have high hopes for. He looks great in practice right now. I think he's going to have a huge impact on our team. Cade yeah. um, um, Rudig on defense, um, he, you know, like a lot of younger defensemen, he has to get stronger, but his preseason has been very good. So those are some of the 16-year-olds. And then... 
we have signed some 15-year-old players that'll be uh, with us in the future, Dugay, Chapman, and Darby. And all three of those guys had good training camps. And so we have three players signed in that 08 age group. We'll probably sign one to two more over the next couple of months as we see them start their season. But our depth looks good. And, And when we sign a player and we put them on the board, that shapes our team for several years yeah. so you look at the 07s they're going to be here for three years for sure and the 08s are going to be here for four so now you start to shape your team on the board uh three years from now and we take a look at our where are we going to be strong where do we need some help and i think that's a good exercise that once you sign them you put them on the board and now you look three or four years out uh, so you're really clear on the pitcher and where you need to go today to shape those teams. Sure, to see where the next couple of years yeah. are going to look like. You've mentioned in the past that you you enjoy having long road trips to start the year because it's kind of a team bonding experience. And I, I know I, I was looking at the schedule, and I see the, the Hawk social saying, you know, countdown to the home opener, and it's like it just dawns on me. That's right. You guys got a long road trip to start the year, so I imagine you like this schedule and getting out on the road and spending some time together as a team. Yeah, I think it's good, and, and we're certainly missing some players here for yeah. this ro- first road trip, but that's fine. We did that last year. We went to Kamloops yeah. and Kelowna to start the season. Uh, home opener in Wenatchee, home opener in, in uh, Kelowna. Uh, it'll certainly be challenging, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think it's good. I, think, I do think it's good to get out on the road, and I'm really looking forward to our, our swing through Central uh, Division uh, through Alberta. I think it's going to be great for our group. Uh, that road trip will be a time where we've got everybody together by that time. We've had a few uh, weeks of home games, and now we head out and kind of galvanize our group as we head into the later October, November uh, time period uh, before we come home for some big-time games in November, December. Yeah, when the season starts to heat up. Obviously, as we know, an incomplete picture, an incomplete picture on what the roster will look like. What are the, I guess, biggest questions you have to start the year with what the roster looks like? And what are the things that you're kind of leaning on and thinking that this could be a strength that could help us until we get that full picture of what a roster looks like? Yeah, I really like our forward depth. I think we're going to have lots of flexibility in our forward lines, our depth up front, our power play uh, units with the forwards. Um, on defense, I think our, our top five, six are solid. Um, we've got some young guys that, uh, behind that that we're going to have to develop through practice and training and, and get them ready to fill in because we know there's going to be injuries or there's going to be call-ups uh, to World Junior or other sure. things. So we have to be prepared for that. But overall, I think experience and depth are, is an asset for us. And then Jan Spooner, I, as I said, I thought he took a step last year, and I expect he'll continue to take a step with the experience he's getting in Montreal. Yeah. So uh, last one for you. Let's end with a fun one. You you had a little more downtime in the offseason. Any any TV shows, any movies, any books? What did you do to uh, for entertainment purposes? Any any recommendations out there from the coach? Yeah, I I do a lot of Audible books now. When I I I like a routine, so I like to go to workout in the morning and listen to Audible books in the early in the morning. Um, I love to golf, and so I didn't get out as many times as I'd hoped to, but I still had some enjoyable times uh, with uh, different groups that I golf with up in Blaine or here in Portland. And then I I think that it's just some family time. You you know, as you know, as as our kids grow up um, and you you don't get to see them as much, you you really value those times. 
Uh, so our, our daughter lives in Vancouver and our son's in Tampa. They couldn't be further apart, <laughs> but we were able to connect with both of them through the summer, so that was great. Yeah, they didn't do you any favors there. No, they didn't. I mean, we got to get them in the same – at least get them, like, centralized, right? Move to Kansas City or something so yeah. it's not as far away. That's about as far away as you could get. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, good luck this season. Thanks, as always, for hopping on the pod. I love chatting with you. and I can't believe hockey season's here. It, it always sneaks up on me every year, and I look up, and there it is on the calendar. So uh, best of luck, and I look forward to chatting with you throughout the year. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. All right, my thanks again to Mike for hopping on. Uh, really enjoyed that. It, it, you know, great to get his thoughts on you know his roster, the young guys that really you know stood out to him during training camp and the preseason. Love his philosophy about sitting down at the end of the year and kind of reevaluating where they're at and evolving and looking for areas to get better both on and off the ice. And so he's always a very forward-thinking individual. And uh, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how they go about this year with roster building. You know, to to hear his thoughts on Seattle, I thought that was fascinating. Of you know, it's hard to ignore the, the fact that it worked. And so we'll see. Portland's been a team that, you know, we've seen them obviously make those big moves, as he mentioned, to get a Dumba, a Joe Hofer. They've, they've made that kind of one move. Hey, we need one piece at the deadline that could help us uh, push us over the top. But then, you know, you see a team like Seattle, and it paid off for them last year. And so maybe Portland is a little more aggressive this year at the deadline, having it be a year that they really feel like they have a chance to, to go all the way. And there's a ton of talent returning uh, in that locker room. So uh, really excited to, to, to watch this team, and it was great to get Mike's thoughts um, on everything going on. So uh, here's what we got planned for you this year. I, I think this is kind of a fun spin. So for those of you who know about the team, you know that all the kids are in school. It's one of the things that uh, Portland prides itself on is the kids getting an education, whether they be high school kids and uh, going to classes every day or the college kids who take a class at the Memorial Coliseum. But one of the classes they're doing this year, the college kids, that is, is a multimedia class. And so it's, you know, kind of video production and podcast production and interviewing and, uh, you know, audio and all, all that stuff. And so uh, we kind of have this fun idea this year. We're going to work it out, see how it goes. Uh, but basically to have as a part of the class, and the kids are going to get credit for this for college, uh, to have them kind of produce the podcast episodes in terms of they're going to sit down, come up with some of the content for the show, and we're going to do some kind of roundtable stuff. We're going to let players interview other players. And so now there's going to be stretches on the pod this year when Nick and I just kind of get out of the way and let the kids come up with the content and see what they can do. So uh, we always try and put a new fun spin on the pod every single year. Season one was more about, you know, getting with some, some big names and some guys who have been big figures in the history of the organization. Last year, we tried to go the follow a player throughout the year route, whether it be a NHL drafted player, a player who was about to be drafted in Luca Cagnoni, or one of the younger guys who was kind of learning his way, uh, learning the ropes, if you will, in the, in the WHL. Uh, so that's going to be the fun spin for you this year. We're going to see how the players can handle coming up with some content and uh, see what they can cook up for you. So it should be a lot of fun. Again, I can't believe the season is here. They play games that count starting on Friday. They're up in Wenatchee, the very first game for that organization. There's a lot of talent on that roster. We know how good Winnipeg has been uh, in years past, and so getting to see kind of a new look, new city, new arena, all that, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then Portland is in Kelowna for their home opener on Saturday. There's another road game coming up next Saturday that is in Seattle against the T-Birds, so a little rivalry action right out of the gate. 
And then the home opener for Portland will come up on October 6th. So uh, we're here, folks. Hockey season is here. The Winterhawks podcast is back. What more could you ask for? Can't wait to have Nick back on the pod. Can't wait to start watching hockey. And I want to thank you all, whether you've been tuning in for the first two seasons or it's the first episode you've heard. I can't thank you enough for listening. And uh, clearly there's enough of you out there because they keep saying, hey, let's bring the podcast back. So uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy this journey of following the Winterhawks this year. A quick reminder, make sure no matter where you get the podcast, remember you can get it on on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, uh, the Odyssey app, the Winterhawks are going to put it on their website. So you can find it anywhere, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to it. And that way, uh, when a new episode is released, you're going to get that notification and uh, it'll be right there on your phone waiting for you uh, the next time you open it up. And it's just a good way to kind of keep track of when new episodes are coming out. Because I'll tell you, the, the, the schedule for releasing episodes is all over the map. It's all dependent on are the boys in town? Are they on the road? Uh, what time is practice time? So trying to navigate that that time frame that we can get over there and record episodes is not the easiest thing to do. And so it's not like, hey, every other Tuesday at noon, you're going to have a new episode out. So it's always uh, kind of a different day, a different time, a little sporadic. So uh, by subscribing to the podcast, that way you'll know whenever a new episode uh, has dropped. But again, my thanks to Mike Johnston. My thanks to all of you for listening. And I uh, can't wait to watch them this weekend and see what the Hawks look like. Should be a very fun year. And we'll see how far the 23-24 Portland Winter Hawks uh, can go. Until next time, everybody, I'm your host, Andy Dirt Johnson. Go Hawks. Manager man, you came from his office, said, son, can I help you? Looked at him and said, yes, you can. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.